What is good, fam? This is your boy, Coach Southfit, a.k.a. Salvatore Jr., and this is the SBF Fitness Podcast. If you're ready to ditch the excuses, break the scarcity mindset, and transform into the best version of yourself, then buckle up. You are in the right place. Let's freaking get it, squad. What's going on, you beautiful freaking humans? Uh, We're back, another coaches panel. So following the theme uh, for this month here, um, which is training, right? Uh, What we're going to be covering today is just debunking a lot of myths and a lot of uh, limiting beliefs inside of the gym and overall training. So uh, really excited for this one here today. Uh, Me and the coaches are going to just uh, shoot the shit and you guys will come on an open floor Q&A and it's going to be a great time, man. Let's freaking get it. As always. If you're on the replay, do us a favor, comment in the comments, hashtag replay, and let us know what you're learning. Because if we don't see it, we don't know, and then we can't coach you guys to the best of our ability. We want to make sure that you get the best results and the best experience possible out of this program. So in order for us to do that, that's what we ask of you. So much appreciated, much love. Let's get into it. And boom. What's good, fam? We're back. I did. Oh, do you try and talk? Oh, no. No. Here you go. <laughs> Look at Kim's face. Uh, I wanted to have some fun today. So before the recording, I told you guys we we're just going to cover a few uh, training. Um, I guess uh, what was the word I was looking for? Debunk. Yeah, right? debunking myths. Debunking myths. That's what we called it. Yeah. So we have uh, the coaches and I put together a good amount of things here that we're going to cover, um, and we're going to rifle it off and do a little Q and A after if anyone shows up. But apparently, you guys didn't want to come today, so all good. Jess, we'll start <laughs> with you. Go ahead. Oh yeah. Okay. So. I pulled a couple of things, obviously, based on like my experience, stuff I've struggled with and things that like I used to think before, obviously, joining this program and working with all these incredible people. Um, First off, carbs are the enemy. I feel like I get that a lot. I hear that a lot from women. A lot of people are very like, no, we need a low carb diet. We need to make sure we're not eating pasta. We're not eating rice, all this stuff, like keeping it in a minimum. So I used to think the same thing, honestly, like I used to be like, okay, we got to focus on protein. That's the main source of anything. That's how I'm going to build muscle, yada, yada, yada. And ever since joining this program, well, first of all, I also want to highlight that all I've done is actually, aside from my cut, all I've done is increase my food intake. So that is number one. And something that I feel like a lot of people don't realize is they need the sources of food to give them the energy carbs specifically. So carbs are, you want to go, do you want to say something? No, I I was just, why? Tell me why. Oh yeah. I'm literally about to get there. So, so carbs, essentially the way they break down in your body are energy. So what do you need to fuel, fuel your workouts, that energy. And, um, I, I mean, I am a huge proponent now of making sure I get a simple carb source in before my workouts. I used to be, uh, you know, against it, right? Sal, you'd be like, no, can we like get something in there? I'm like, it's 5am. I don't want to eat anything. Yeah. But ever since I have been doing it, I've been able to like push more weight because it's literally breaking down in your body to give you more energy to, you know, execute properly in your workouts. So what happens when you execute properly in your workouts, you're pushing in weight, you're building more muscle, you're burning more fat. So something that we want to make sure that everybody understands is, you know, a carb source is absolutely needed into, in the process of losing weight and building muscle, which is a majority of our clients are doing. 
crazy concept. Wait, so I, I'm not going to get fat eating carbs, Coach Jess? Never. Actually, really? you should be doing it. And that kind of brings me into like carb cycling. I feel like a lot of people have been asking questions about that as well. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I want to specifically reference my bulk because obviously Sal and I have been trying out a couple new different protocols for me. So um, with the carb cycling, I am noticing like I am significantly increasing my PRs and also just like absolutely like dismantling like weights reps um i have the energy i don't feel fatigued like obviously i'm pushing to failure in especially my compound movements but um i just feel like i'm not as gassed like yeah. when i have that extra carb source so right. adding that 20 30 grams on the days of that you're working especially where the, on the areas that you want to grow so like mm. specifically for me i want to grow my glutes and my right. back so those two days that I am lifting or working those muscle groups, I am adding the 20 to 30 grams of carbs so that mm. I can really fucking go ham on there. Dude, that, it's such an amazing concept because you're like, hey, I have these two body parts that I want to improve upon. So I'm literally just going to shuttle more food to that so I can lift more weight and then it's going to grow. Like when you logically think about that, it makes a lot of fucking sense, does it not? hundred percent because you need the energy to burn the calories to drop the fat. But and then that add the muscle. Right. And it's just like, man, I, I know that for myself to be like a game changer. So to hear you say that is fucking awesome. Kim, did you want to add anything to that? Well, I also want to say like, obviously carbs aren't the enemy. I like find what the enemy is, is a lack of protein. So like right. if I eat not too many sure. carbs, but too many carbs in comparison to my protein intake. So if I'm supposed to be having 40% carbs and 30% protein, but I had 40% carbs and only 15% protein. It's no wonder that my carbs are going to seem extremely high, even though they're where they need to be. It's just that they're so much higher than my protein because my protein is lacking. And I right. say this all the time on calls and I don't know, I have to find out what the scientific meaning is behind it. Cause there's gotta be something, but when I eat enough protein, I feel solid. Like I feel leaner and I don't feel like I don't want to say jiggly. I hate the word jiggly, but like, I don't feel my belly fat move around at all. Like we're all right. going to have that little bottom pouch. Like, unless you're competing, like, I'm sorry, women, we're going to have it. We're meant to have more fat on our bodies there. But like, I, I say it all the time. Cause like, I used to be pretty bad. Like at work, I work in an Italian restaurant. I would always go pick bread, blah, blah, blah. It would be very hard on the days, on the nights where I worked on the weekend to like not pick at things and snack at things when it was just readily available. And when I would eat like that, I would feel like that. And same thing when I used to work back at Miller's at the bar there, like I used to like walk around the restaurant and literally feel my belly jiggle. And that's when it would trigger in my head to like, oh my God, okay, I need to start like losing weight again. But I never, I wasn't tracking at the time, but looking back on it, I'm like, I was not consuming nearly as much protein as I am now. So like whenever right. I hit my goal or I'm like just shy of it, I never feel that way. Mm -hmm. So it, it's really carbs aren't even the issue. It's the lack of protein. Right. Honestly. I love that. And there, there is science behind that. Do you want me to explain it? Yes, please. Because I've been, I, I didn't know how to word that into yeah. like yeah. research. But <laughs> it's totally cool. Ready? So protein is the highest on the satiety index. Do you know what that means? Gives you the satisfaction of feeling full, right? Mm -hmm. And what's cool about that is when you feel full, you don't have cravings for other things. 
right? And then like you said, you're not eating foods that are dog shit, right? Because like when you just eat a bunch of bread, what do you feel like? Lethargic, tired, shit. like shit. Why? Yeah, and like I want it- too. It's like a like a craving. I don't know. Because there's chemicals in your brain that are released when you have certain things, right? And then and then if you like go to the other side of the coin, when you're talking about the actual calories that are comprised, like made up of, of those foods, fats have nine calories per gram, whereas protein and carbs have four calories per gram. So that's why if you put a big emphasis on the protein, you're going to have less calories, you're going to feel fuller for longer, and that's going to improve your workout, right? Because when you have more protein, you're able to push more weight, like Jess was kind of saying, right? You push more weight, you build more muscle, the more muscle that you have, and this is the whole reverse dieting process, the more muscle you have on your body, the more calories it requires to preserve that. So think about that for a second. If you have more muscle, it requires more calories, which means less body fat. And that's the whole thing. You know, so like there is a lot of data behind it. That's why I know we could take a layer deeper. You know, there's probably a lot of trainings in the group that Melena did to echo that. But that's like the uh, the basics of it. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. 100%. We've probably so talked about that. I feel that, like right? net net too is like everyone needs to be paying attention to how they feel when they hit their protein goal. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's going to be something that can be like an action step for everyone to think about that. And I, with much of everything that we say, like when you guys implement something, how does it make you feel? Right. It's important. This is, um, so recently my, my coach and I have been playing around with actual food types and we recognize that like, I just can't do Brussels sprouts and you know, what's fucked is I love them. I absolutely love Brussels sprouts, but they just, they don't do well with my gut. You know, why, like, how do you, how did you figure that out? Because what happened was I told, good? I told him I was having gut issues and he was like, okay, well tell me a little bit about the foods. And he's like, okay, well, broccoli and Brussels sprouts usually are really high in fiber and like, you know, certain vitamins that don't react well to certain people. So we pulled those out. And then all of a sudden the issues that I was having just like vanished, like within a few days. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. So like, if you think the details don't matter, they do. And like, I know me and Alyssa were communicating and wish she was here to talk about her experience. Cause we're doing the same thing. We actually mean her we stopped tracking calories using macros in my fitness pal. And I just had her like kind of eat intuitively for the last week. And what she was doing though, was paying close attention to the types of foods that she was having. So we scaled back on the process amounts. We started to switch up the actual sources and she's like, Holy fuck. All the bloating is gone. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, that's insane. So that's like macros. Food that's triggering it just because it's healthy doesn't necessarily mean that's going to work for your digestive system. Well, exactly. That's a great point, Kim. Thank you for sharing that. Because the thing is, is that genetically, we're all going to respond differently. Like Casey may do really well with Brussels sprouts. Jess might not. Kim does well with broccoli. I don't, vice versa. So it's really difficult for me to just say blanketly, oh, we'll cut this out. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's actually um, a, I sent this to Andrea yesterday, I think, as well. There's a company called Viome, um, where it's literally like a, a gut microbiome testing. I mean, you literally shit in a bag and mail it to the company. You know, it's hilarious, but like it will test your gut track and your GI to see like which foods you shouldn't be eating. And it's really powerful because if you could say, OK, if I take this out and I'm able to what? properly digest my food and absorb it the right way, that's going to lead to a lot of other things in a positive direction. Would you guys agree? 100 percent. Cool shit, man. Um, but Jess, is there anything else that you wanted to share on the? the I was gonna say we kind of debunked the other thing that we were just talking about, which is just like amount of calories. I feel like so many like women come in here and they're like, "I'm eating 1,200 calories and I'm not losing weight." Like, what's going on there? And it just also goes down to the fact that if like you're not satiating your body and giving it the energy and fuel that it needs to function, 
blanket statement function, not even like function past that or in the gym, you're not going to lose weight. In fact, your body is going to hold on to that weight because it's like, I don't know when I'm going to get my next meal. I don't know how I'm going to continue to like function if I don't hold on to these calories. Correct. So crazy. Yeah. That also like mixed with like cardio, like people who think that like they have to do a ton of, a ton of cardio to like drop body fat. Can we talk about the, um, cause I know there's a lot of females in the group. I'm going to yeah. get bulky by lifting weights. I think that's a good way to transition here. Oh, dude. I, to be honest, like I never felt that way. I'm going to be honest because I was like, I was doing cardio and I was not seeing anything. So I was like, I have to try something different. Like, cause clearly what I'm doing is not working. And obviously I started, I used to lift a little bit like in high school and like college during sports. But again, like it was just like more like conditioning versus like, um, like, no, I'm like going to focus on like progressive overload and like, yeah, yeah. And all that stuff. So, um, I, I mean, do I look bulky? Does Kim look bulky? Do any of us look bulky? I don't think so. Guys look great. So you, I mean, you know this the best because you know the amount of testosterone you produce versus females. Like it's almost impossible for us to be able to get the way that tech, typically men look when they're yeah. um, lifting. Right. So the thing is, is that like both of those two things that you said, like the under consuming of the calories and then the weights making bulky always boil back to hormones. Like you guys literally don't produce the the same amount of testosterone as I do. So like you physically like won't be able to, unless you're injecting testosterone in your body. And that's why when you look at like female bodybuilders, they look like dudes because they're injecting those hormones into their bodies. Right. For that reason. Right. And like the, the whole like under eating thing is just like, it's become popular. Well, if I eat less then what's going to happen, I'm going to lose more weight. Right. But then like, you're doing damage to your metabolism in the sense of like, it slows it down when you do that for extended periods of time, if you don't do it properly. And then the issue at its core, we're not educated. Did you guys learn nutrition in school? Yeah. Riddle me that riddle me why we aren't taught how to eat in school. So can I actually touch on that? Yeah, go ahead. So as a former health teacher, that was one of the main reasons why I went into health ed. And it was so discouraging when I would want to bring these practices, like stuff that we do here into the classroom. And so many times we either got shit on by administration or by the parents saying that we were promoting eating disorders for getting kids to track what they're eating on MyFitnessPal or because it was uncomfortable for them to talk about what they were eating in class because they thought they were getting bullied for overeating or that they were going to be called out for undereating if we brought it to light that they weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing to be healthy. Same thing for phys ed. If kids aren't, if kids are overweight and then we go make them play kickball and then the other kids are making fun of them, we're setting them up to get bullied and to have mental health issues. If we, you know, overexert them and then they have to go to their next class and then they, they aren't in the right mindset to go take a test, like, that no one values health and physical education in the public, in the United, in like the American public school system, because everything is all about test grades. Everything right. is all, all about who are we going to turn these kids into after they graduate and throw them into the workforce? And what can, how, what can they do to provide to our economy versus how can we help to produce like healthy and happy adults? And wow. that's ultimately why I left teaching because I was like, I wanted to change the game and I wanted to bring this stuff in but i got shot down all the time and i was just mm-hmm. like this isn't something i want to be part of 
Right. Holy. And um, I don't want to go, I don't want to make this into like a political conversation, but like, that's what it becomes of like, there's, you know, a lot of agendas that are being pushed for certain reasons. And it's like, if you don't try and like force your way, then you're just going to conform. And that's what everyone does. It's crazy to me how like, we're just like, yeah, don't do anything about it. That's going to make it better. It makes, makes absolutely no sense. And that's why it's unfortunate that like, there's four people on this call where there, there should be a hundred Right. But again, like I, I like to talk about you go on TikTok, everyone's looking at the cat videos and all the other bullshit that absolutely serves nobody. But it's just become like the way that uh, we kind of cope with things, I guess. I don't know. It's a rabbit hole of a conversation that we probably shouldn't go down today. But go ahead. Kim. Right. It's also funny that so many people around the age of like when they graduate high school, when they're in college or even just after college, go on TikTok looking for food, nutrition videos, healthy recipes, workouts. Right. So right. Within each group are like craving that knowledge because they didn't get it in high school they weren't like raised and they weren't given that information so now they're going out into the real world they're gaining weight they're becoming unhealthy they're going out and drinking and partying because all this stuff is like normalized fast food is normalized but like Mm -hmm. no one teaches you how to eat healthier how to take care of themselves so here's what's cool yeah I just, I just had a thought, but like, this is where we come in and this is why I have a lot of passion with this shit. Right. Because now for those who are in the program, like let's take Casey, for example, Casey is going to potentially be a mom one day, correct? Thumbs up. Right. So we want to help Casey understand these skill sets to give that to her kids. So that way, like compounding over time, like we're making a huge impact on the world because nobody else is really doing it. And that's the thing is because for most parents who aren't taught, it's easier to just give your kid a cheeseburger and, and they're on their way than try to like, teach them like what to do it's like that seems like a daunting task i just worked eight hours i'm tired i want to go relax you yeah. know so it's like but also it's at that point we're getting people who have only been operating a certain way for su- such a long time right. that's the other thing is like right. now we have to undo how they've been conditioned and mm-hmm. get them to like to get them to that better place whereas if it was just handled from the beginning the way like like you just said, we're handling my nutrition, Casey nutrition, Kim's nutrition, so that we bring that to our kids. Right. You know, right. we'll dismantle that process to further keep that, you know, generational, like move away from that generational gap that is not so doing it. Think about think about the cost versus the reward. Like 100%. being being proactive and hiring a coach and joining a program will help you develop a skill set so you don't have to pay for it later on where it gets too bad where you're obese and you have to pay for medical bills right and therapists and all these other things because you are just so far gone and it's like people are like well i can't afford a coach i can't afford a program you can't afford not to because you're gonna have to pay for it somewhere you're gonna pay for it in years of time of struggling and being frustrated like that i could get really fucking into this really quick but like you see where it's like the connection so 100 percent I don't want to spend too much time. We came on here to debunk some myths and we're talking about, you know, politics and society and all kinds of other shit, you know? So it's cool. I'm here for it, but I want to make sure we, we get the value out today. Um, does that does it make sense? Any questions on that before we move forward? All good. Casey's eating her oats. I love it. Um, yes. Or Kim, was there anything else you guys wanted to share before I get into my stuff? Those are my two. Those are your two. I know we wanted to keep this kind of short. You want me to go? I don't know. It's up to you. Um, I could go ahead. There was a few things that I wanted to share. Do you guys know what the RPE scale is? Yes. 
Casey's looking at me like I have three heads. So you don't know what that is. Okay. So I'll, I'll share this for the recording. So RPE stands for the rate of perceived exertion. It's basically how hard a set is from one to 10, right? Because a lot of times what happens is when we go to do a certain exercise, we're, we're like, well, how much weight should we do? That's usually the first question, right or wrong. So if we're able to attach, you know, a number on that scale to a certain exercise, then we could decide how much energy we should be putting towards that. Instead of just a fixated rep range, what my coach does is he gives me the RPE scale. So he goes on this movement, I want a seven out of 10. So in my head, I'm trying to pick a weight that is going to be on that range. Does that make sense? Do you think we could also attach that to BPM? Because I feel like a lot of people do have Apple watches and when they do start the, um, the trainerized like yeah. Yeah. lifts, the RPM yeah. does come up. Because while I think I we know what a seven out of 10 feels like, I feel like people who are just beginning or any of our newcomers coming in, right. like right. not know how that feels or how you should feel like. So yeah. I'm just, yeah. I'm touching on that to help you guys understand that there is, is just layers and layers and layers of training. I do think for, you know, for someone who's like just starting out, a rep range is great, but just recognize that like you can't plateau when you know what to look for. And that's why having a coach is great because there's so many different right. tactics. And like, that's why I have a coach for myself. I, I know I talk to you guys about this, about, you know, being a bodybuilder and all this other shit, but like I'm learning things that will make sure that you guys don't stall out. Cause it's like, if you're feeling this way, let's go ahead and change that to your point, Jess earlier, what what do we do? We space out the training days and you're like, well, I fucking hate this, but now what's happening. Do you want to elaborate on that really quick? Yeah. I'm like hitting PRs. Like it's nobody's business. Why? Why? Because I'm giving my body the proper rest to recover so that when I go into my next lift, I'm pushing at like maximum capacity. So we went from training five days in a row to now what? To doing lift, rest, lift, rest, lift, rest. And you're saying by spacing them out that you've actually seen what? I'm able to perform better. I'm pushing more weight and I'm able to, yeah, get more reps to failure. Correct. And this is like the whole, it kind of ties into the RP scale is because you can't like just go balls to the wall with every single movement every single day because you will not recover. Right. So it's like, how can we, and this is where like programming is key. So if you're listening to this on the replay and you're like, well, you know, I'm just, I'm not really going to follow my program. I'm just going to do my thing. What, what, what do you mean, bro? Right. So the point I want to make with the RP scale is like, we could like take it a step further and like place. Cause like you said, Jess is like, I want to focus on my glutes and my back. Well, what if we focused on like, you know, a lot of eights and nines on those days. And then on the other days we cut them low to push the energy towards that. And like, for me, like as a coach, it's really awesome to like get you guys super compliant and then look at that information and make those tweaks. That's where it gets fun for me. I don't want to chase you guys down and be like, why aren't we tracking your calories? I can't do anything with that, you know, but it's like, when we take it to a new level, then it's like, I could push all these buttons. That's why I love that. Do you guys have questions on that? I mean, even just to Casey's post this morning, she took two days off and I was like, girl, you look like you just hit a glute workout. Like what's going on here? Mm -hmm. Like, it just, it is, it, it. It makes sense. And people because need to you, pay attention. That's a good point, actually, because I used to think, well, if I take a few days off, I'm going to lose progress. And it's actually the opposite because like embarking on a, a fitness journey is uh, an ever evolving lifestyle in the sense of like, it's not going anywhere. You're going to have to exercise for the rest of your life, you know? And it's like, we rush to the end result, but then you'll never get the end result. So what are you rushing towards? Mm -hmm. Crazy. Look at Kim's face. She's just like, holy fuck, that hits. <laughs> I feel like 
off of uh, my point really well because I wanted to touch on um, recovery time and like kind of overdoing it in the gym. Yeah. So like there, well, you probably heard this all over TikTok, Instagram, whatever. This whole like hashtag no days off idea. Right. Bullshit. The way yeah. I look at it is like it should be no days off from self improvement, yes. whether that means one day you're walking, one day you're doing yoga, maybe one day you're not doing any movement, but you're journaling and working on yourself. Like you should always be doing something every day to take care of yourself. That doesn't mean you need to be killing yourself in the gym seven days a week, because that's mm. only going to hurt the process. You're not going to have time to recover. When I first came into this program, I wrote out the split that I was currently doing and sent it to Sal. And he kind of was like, this is dog shit in, like, <laughs> in a nicer way. But yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not doing this is why you're not seeing results and i'm like what are you talking about i'm i'm doing core three to five times a week i'm doing cardio about five to six <laughs> times a week i maybe take one or two reps. like why would i not be seeing progress i'm on the stairmaster all the time I'm on the treadmill all the time yeah, and yeah, yeah. i asked about like my stress and my sleep and i was like oh like it's all over the place because all i do is train and you're like well that's the fucking problem like yeah no days off from taking care of yourself it shouldn't be no days off from the gym and even if you are in the gym seven days like two of those days should be like stretching and walking only like i i don't condone lifting more than five days a week i personally like to lift four days a week yeah, and i still too. find two leg days as a female i would i don't think i used to do three when i first started but i had to go way lower volume and way lower weight so that i could recover to have two right. more in that same week right. if you want to lift heavy with your legs you want to grow your glutes i'm just mainly talking to females here i wouldn't do more than two days sometimes two days for me is too much depending on how heavy and how hard i take it right i would agree i think you right i was just gonna say kim i think you've really grown to love those active rest days right or wrong i love my rest days <laughs> because because you were telling me originally that you like you needed to be in the gym didn't you say that yeah and it got to an unhealthy point and I think I thought it was just because I wanted to reach a goal but it took me a long time to realize that I was actually just running from some emotional shit that I was trying to hide from that's a story for another day but like right. I thought the gym was a healthy outlet mm -hmm. that it was fine for me to do it seven days a week but anything if you have too much of anything if you have too much water it can be bad for you you know what I mean like if you have right. Right. If you have too much in the world like if there's no like the key is just fucking balance mm-hmm mm -hmm. I think thing that's hard for a lot of people to understand, especially once you start to enjoy the process and right. you start to understand the process, have that like routine going steady, you know? So mm -hmm. it like, it makes it so hard to take the day off because you feel guilty that you're not going to reach your goals. But like the day off is exactly what you need to reach your goals because you're resetting your nervous system. You're resetting your muscles, you're resetting your body. You're getting yourself like prepared to go in for the, ne for the next lift. It's like the day before a huge job interview, you're probably sitting down, going over some questions, making sure your outfit's picked out, making sure you have right. your water bottle, you're like you're all good to go, that you feel good. Why wouldn't you treat your training the same way? Mm. Oh, that's good. That's good. Write that one down. That's a writer downer. Nice, dude. Cool. I was going to say too, like, and I am like, to your point, I feel like I am, was so structured. That's why I was like, Sal, like, I just got to go Monday through Friday. Like, that's where I need to be because that's my morning routine. That's how I start my days to feel good. I'm still in the gym the same amount of time, but now on my rest days, I'm just getting my steps in reading, mm. listening to podcasts. Right. I obviously can't journal on the treadmill. If I could though, I would. 
That's but, crazy. Yeah. Like, little, little meal prep, right? Little laundry, <laughs> right? Maybe some yoga. Yeah. Yeah. No. But it's, no, seriously, like yeah. I, I still keep my structure and what I need to feel like successful and productive in my mornings without like pushing and like mm-hmm. feeling like, oh my God, like I need to like go take catch a lift. I feel like Kim, you say this all the time. You're like, yeah, I just go to the gym to walk. And all of a sudden I had a full chest. Head. <laughs> sometimes you just get so much adrenaline you're like let's go but no I've been like taking it seriously and listening to Sal so it's interesting how that works when you're like oh let me listen to the coach that I have and all of a sudden I get better results it's really it's a crazy concept right awesome um yeah if nothing changes nothing changes I say that all the time like be open to the possibility that there's a better way to do things and it's awesome because I used to try and go six days a week six days in a row to Kim's point, I was fucking busting my ass. And I'm like, I look the same. What, like, this sucks. And then I hired coaches and they were like, oh, well, you're doing shit completely the wrong way. And then you change it and that's what it is. So we talked about a lot of things, um, how carbs aren't the enemy, how ladies, you're not going to get bulky, the RPE scale. Um, the RPE scale kind of ties into like training to failure. Do you guys want me to elaborate on that? That'll be kind of maybe the last thing we do today. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so let me ask you guys a question. <clears throat> when you do an exercise, right? Let's say you're trying to go for like eight to 10 reps. Should you just stop when you hit 10 or should you keep going? Wait, All right. You both talked at the same time. Say it again. Someone go first. Okay. I'm going to have Casey answer the question to see, test her knowledge, but I can also give the answer. Oh, I can answer. I'd say keep going. Keep going. Okay. Go ahead, Jess and Kim. Was the question, are you stopping at 10? Right. The question is, yeah, okay. if you have a certain, let's say you're doing exercise and it says eight to 10, do you stop at 10? I would say you keep going for whatever you can, for whatever you can hit. I would say that paired with, if you are meeting that, that top of the range, you should be upping your weight. Right. Yeah. Okay. I would also My- say- like a compound lift, not to go balls to the wall every single time. Um, I would make sure like you're getting your warm ups in. So maybe you're going higher reps on those, but you're going lower weight before mm-hmm. you weight and then try to mm-hmm. max out. That we could take this all that's you guys all had some great answers. Okay. Now to, <clears throat> I want, I'll get to the main point in just a second. Warm up sets don't count. Can you guys say that with me? Warm up sets don't. don't count. What is a warm up set? Get the blood flowing. Right, but it doesn't count as a working set. What's the difference between a warm-up set and a working set? I mean, I just don't consider, like, I don't think, that, I don't associate them. Warm-up is just me, like, getting the blood flowing in my body. Right. That's so it. What, and then my three sets are my working sets. So that's the weight that I should be pushing. So I guess right. your point, warm-up sets are lighter weight just to get your movements and your, like, body muscles, like, warmed up. Mind. So warm set, you're trying to connect the mind to the muscle. You're trying to lubricate the joints, get the blood flowing, right? Like really prime your, I want to say nervous system and like, like psyche to like, get ready to like fucking work. And then when you have those three working sets, right, maybe 
two of them are to failure. Now, the, the point that I'm, I'm trying to make is like, I don't think that every set every day needs to be taken to failure. It's like really being methodical with how you're tracking what you're doing and paying attention to things. For example, like Jess, like you said, glutes and back, right? Mm -hmm. So if that's what you like two lagging body parts that you're trying to grow, then it might make sense to increase the amount of failure sets on those body parts, right? Right. So this is what it, it needs to look like. The, the true answer is that it's contextual based on the person and what they're trying to achieve. So it's not about like, hey, this is this for this person. And this is it. I do think training to failure is very important when it's used properly. If it's done way too frequently, it almost is counterproductive because you can't recover. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So, so it's the no question off of that, Sal, is yeah. so say someone has an AMRAP, right? AMRAP mm -hmm. trained to failure. Right. How do you know when to increase that weight? If you're just AMRAPing it, if you're doing as many as you can. So that's a great question. Um, AMRAPs are more of just a kind of like a, like a burnout. Like usually they should be either like as a warm up to just like get your blood phone, like for a jumping jack, for example, or at yeah. the end where it's like a, like a plank where you're just trying to like, let me deplete all the glycogen that I have in my body. So when I go home, I go replenish that to recover. It's not meant to be something where like, oh, this is where I'm going to grow and like shape my physique. Cause a lot of times they're like body weight movements or like some lighter accessory stuff. It's usually not right. a compound. If there's an AMRAP for a deadlift on your program, that's probably wrong it might it should say training to failure like it should be like okay i can't fucking move but to answer the question does that answer the first part though yeah definitely so as far as like picking like a good um like weight that kind of ties into the rpe because if i say rpe 8 then you should kind of know what weight you could get to for that right and right. it might take a little bit of a trial and error but that's the purpose of a warm-up set is to find what that actual working load is. Because then when you find that working load, you have those three sets that you're taking to the potential failure in RP like eight to nine, right? Does that make sense? Or am I throwing too many trainer terms? That makes sense to me. But... Casey, thumbs up. Cool. I love it. Um, oh, look, Zoom is so cool. It just does that shit. Um, that's my thing because a lot of people will kind of just like show up in the gym and just kind of wing shit. And I did that for a very long time and I got nowhere very fast and uh, I'm still actively learning. I think there's a lot to learn, you know, is there, do you guys have anything else um, that jumps out when I talk about those things? Do you have other questions that come to mind? No. So do you feel like I did a good job explaining that? Yeah. Cool. Hey, no. Can I have a little bit more clarification? Yeah, go ahead. What what's confusing? Um, no, it's just so like on uh today, for example, like at the very end, I have a dumbbell sumo squat AMRAP. Yeah. Um, so like am I supposed to be like how many like how yeah, how many reps like am I supposed to be going for and like what kind of weight mm -hmm. should I be like? Should so, I be doing a lighter weight and then going for like 15, 20 or I always say like because what what is your main goal, Casey? uh to lose weight and grow my butt right of course so the best way to do that is by progressively overloading the workouts in the sense of you should be looking to increase the weight right so when you're asking the question of like what weight should i use as heavy as you possibly can for as many reps as you possibly can because especially if okay. it's towards the end of the workout like you should be emptying the tank where it's like after i finish this i, I shouldn't want to do anything else and i shouldn't really be able to because my energy is depleted does that make sense yeah. And that's what I was doing. I just wanted to make sure. Cause like, I like, like today is not a good example because I'm still like trying to get over my cold. But, um, yeah. the last week when I did this, I was anywhere between like 13 to 15 and I was mm -hmm. like holding 40 and then everything, right. but every time 
every set I did, it was lower reps. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's a good sign though, because if you're, if you're just like cruising at like 15, every single time you're like, this isn't really that hard. There should be more weight on there. Right. And if you increase the weight and then the reps are going down, that shows you that you're potentially building strength because if you kept increasing it and then you just kept going, you would need to keep adding more. And that's the whole scale, right? Like you should be getting to a place where it is challenging. Sometimes your legs may shake and you're like, holy Mm -hmm. fuck, like this is crazy. Right. Do you ever feel that way? Mm Mm-hmm that's a good sign. If you're not breaking a sweat, if you're not like struggling, like, I think this is the good point. If you don't need the rest time, you should need more weight, right? Like if you have like a minute or two on the clock and you're like, Oh, like, come on, like, give me more dude. I fucking sit there. Like when I'm doing my shit, I'm like, I can't move for like solid two, three minutes. If I'm doing like heavy ass shit, I was like, I got to chill. Like I'll sit down. You know what I mean? But that's me. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Thank you. That's also a good call out to Casey. Like when you are doing those AMRAPs, your reps should be decreasing. Like yeah. you should like hit 15 and it should be lower and lower from there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good to know. Thank you. Honestly, like, you should look like you're taking a shit or you should look like you're in pain. Like there should, I'm serious. If you don't have a look on your face, that tells us all that you could be pushing for more weight or more reps. I look disgusting when I'm in the gym, especially like, <laughs> I and and I was filming last night too, and I was like, I can't post any of this. Like it's that bad. But I was like, you know what? Maybe I can make this into something funny. But it's like, this is what your rep should look like, you know? Bro, a lot of it, don't want to look stupid. But like, if you look like that, we just everyone around you knows. Okay, she's working hard. So so, <laughs> Kim, I remember when you tagged me on the story, and it was like the face when you're like when coach says like push the failure, and you're like, <laughs> yeah, that that was that, I was fucking cackling. Also, um. To echo like kind of like what I do is like you you will hear me before you see me. I'm like one of those dudes where it's like I'm like, yeah, I'm a grunter. So it's like you're like, you know, those people in the gym that are making all those noises and you're like, this guy's a fucking asshole. I'm like, yeah, that's, <laughs> me, you know, so that's I'm like, really like relax. <laughs> no, but like there's actually I don't know. I've I've uh, read some things where it says that you could actually secrete more testosterone if you grunt. So I don't know. I, I just kind of naturally do it. But saw that here sound like a fucking wild boar. I do. Yeah. Like that's kind of how I do. But the thing is, is that like I, I want real results and like real results take like real action, you know, and I don't give a fuck what you fucking think about me. I'm gonna do my shit, you know. But um, Casey, thank you for showing up, even though you're sick. I appreciate you. And we're proud of your efforts. Great job. Uh, does anyone else have anything else before we wrap up? All good. I love it. Cool. We'll cut it here. Thank you guys. I'm going to go get another coffee and get back to work. Hope you guys have the best day ever tomorrow. Team zoom. I'm moving on Friday, dude. This is crazy. These are, these are crazy times, but you know, what's crazy too. At the same time, um, I haven't missed a single session or step or macro just, just saying. So anything's possible. I'm making videos for you guys too. So cool. I love it. Have the best day ever. We'll chat soon. Much love. Bye guys. See ya. Peace. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you got value from today's episode and you want to work closely with me and my team, head on over to my Instagram at SalFitTorio. That's S-A-L-F-I-T-T-O-R-I-O and message me the word ready and we could have a chat about whether or not I could help you reach your fitness goals. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I appreciate you and I hope you have the best day of your entire life. Talk to you guys soon. Peace.